Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The 11 to 1 Show. It's over 38 years that they're waiting for this. But Dundalk has finally received an apology from an unlikely source. I'm going to tell you all about it after Rick Astley on LMFM's 11 to 1. That has us in good form on a Monday morning. Rick Astley, never going to give you up. I hope you're keeping well. 086-1800-658 if you'd like to get in touch. Now, sticking with music from the 80s, and this is, has to be the most bizarre showbiz story that I've come across. But Dundalk, you're finally getting an apology from an unlikely source. Yeah, these guys, Kevin Rowland from Dexy's Midnight Runners, has apologised to Dundalk. Well, what, why is he apologised? Well, it goes back to the 80s, right? In 1980s, uh, they were playing a gig at a hotel in Dundalk and uh, they used some choice language to tell the crowd that they would not be hearing their hit. Now, not this one. But their other hit, Gino, he said, uh, he was talking to the Irish Times about this and he said he puts the incident down to youth that the reason for the band's dismay was because they had stolen the master tapes for their debut album, Searching for the Young Soul Rebels, from their record label. And as a result, the only song people knew was Gino. So they were like, we're not playing that. Just kind of was a bit contentious for them. However, they say this wasn't the fault of the audience in Dundalk. And if they were playing the gig today, he would have a very different approach to this. So he says, are you ready for this? Dundalk, I'm sorry. <laughs> random, 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 random. There you go. But they have uh, apologised to people. Were you, uh, by any chance, is there anyone listening that was at the concert in 1980 in was it in the Imperial? In the Imperial Hotel in Dundalk? I think it might have been. He says just a hotel in Dundalk. We don't know if it's that one. Um, but w- were you there? Do you remember this? You know, but anyway, if you were. He has apologised now. Bizarrely. What is it? 30 odd, whatever, years later? Nearly 40 years later. Yeah, he's he's apologised. Anyway... Uh, <laughs> random random I spotted that this morning I had to let the people in Dundalk know you know because I'm sure you're just seething over this for for the last you know so many years Um, by the way speaking of concerts today is the day for Coldplay fans have you checked your email I haven't checked mine just yet it's just reminded me now though Uh, because if you signed up for pre-sale tickets you will receive your code today okay so you're urged as well to take a gander in the spam folder if it's not in your main inbox um now, there's no indication as to kind of what time the codes are going to be issued, but the artist pre-sale for the band's gigs in Croke Park go on sale tomorrow morning at 10am. So I look at, we're going to give it a, a college try, you know what I mean? And see if I get any tickets tomorrow, I'll just be delighted with my life. But the codes have entered your email. So if you have signed up for this, you should receive it at some point today. Fingers crossed. Amy Winehouse, back to black. 
Just want to let people know there's an annual cleanup of the Blue Flag Templetown Beach to Rathcore. It is next on the list of locations for the national award winning Peninsula Marine Litter Group. So that is happening. That cleanup is happening Saturday 29th from the 12 uh, from 12 to 2 p.m. So if you are free and you have a couple of hours to spare and you'd like to help out, volunteers are welcome to start at the bottom of Rathcore or Templetown Beach main car park and then work towards each other. All gloves are supplied and it's suitable for all ages and for more details you can contact Cooley Community Alert or the Peninsula Marine Group on Facebook and there's a number here as well 087 706 8623 so that's 087-706-8623 I have a nice competition for you today going to give you the details of that I've got music from Lewis Capaldi as well for you on the way The 11 to 1 show just to let you know, a wallet was found in the Fair Green car park in Navin yesterday morning. There's a licensed bank card along with money in it. So if you have lost a wallet, you can contact us here on 0419832000. Now, nice competition today for you. So this Thursday, an old bridge house just off the Drogheda Slane Road, there's an evening of art and performance. It's hosted by the Solstice Art Centre in Navan. Show starts at 7pm and this show is celebrating artist Neve McCann's project, Someone Decides Hawk or Dove, with music by Irla O'Leonard from The Gloaming, okay? We've got a lot of interest in this on Friday. I have another pair of tickets up for grabs for this intriguing evening. I'm going to keep it really simple. All you have to do if you'd like to go along is WhatsApp or text me in the word solstice, followed by your details to 086 1800 658. I've gone to a couple of performances at Oldbridge. You know, like the open air theatre and stuff like that there. Stunning location. Great location for something like this. And it's going to be just a really, really lovely evening happening on Thursday. SolsticeArtsCentre.ie is where you'll find all the details. So would you like to go along? WhatsApp or text me the word Solstice, followed by your own details. 86 658 Oh, but instead I only wish you the best. Lewis Capaldi, wish you the best. Oh, it's a serious case of FOMO or fear of missing out at the weekend. Oh, everywhere I looked, people were posting pictures of themselves in the class looking Barbie boxes outside the cinema and I was just like I couldn't get to the cinema this weekend like it's just one of the most hyped biggest you know cinema weekends and I couldn't get to the cinema this weekend for one thing or another the much hyped Barbie and Heimer box office battle that happened at the weekend did you go and see Barbie did you go and see Oppenheimer let me know what's it like 086 1800 658 one of my friends was like um, Oppenheimer was just alright and I'm just like I need to just, you know, I just all right for a Christopher Nolan movie. I'm not going to accept that. So I need any of you that have, you know, gone to the cinema to see this to give me a better, a better description of what Oppenheimer might have been like. Or Barbie. So excited for that. So I'm loving the way this has become such a moment in cinema as well, where people are like dressing up like in the Barbie gear and some people are going all out. Is the Barbie box going to stay there for a little while in cinemas? That's another question that I have or is it just for the opening weekend because I'm slightly gutted now if it's going to be gone and I didn't get a chance to pose it up in there Um, but yeah the battle has been a win for cinemas which is something that I'm delighted about because 
you know, they really have suffered over COVID and they're still clawing back from COVID really. So it's great to see something like this has really just given the cinemas a huge, huge boost. So ticket sales, um, you know, the, the the likes of The Flash, that really kind of flopped. The Indiana Jones adventure just didn't make the, the kind of thing that they really sort of were looking for. Also Mission Impossible as well. That went a little bit short of expectations, which is hugely surprising. I mean, what does Tom Cruise have to do? He's already jumping off a building onto a motorbike. I mean, it's craziness. But Barbie and Oppenheimer could not be more opposite movies released on the same day and uh, they really had cinemas buzzing over the weekend. Like I say, people dressing up in pink but domestic ticket sales for all of the movies uh, stateside anyway topped uh, 300 million uh, so 269 million in our money in the US and Canada that's for just the fourth time in history by the way uh, and Jeff Bock he's the senior box office analyst at Exhibitor Relations Company he says um, that everybody was in for this so all demographics showed up for these two films and that's exactly what Hollywood needed at this time and uh, he says cinema going is still lag kind of pre-pandemic levels and uh, you know there's all this debate about whether people prefer to watch things at home on streaming that kind of stuff but Barbie and Oppenheimer have just become this cultural moment which is great to see you do love to see it now on the other side of things and we're going to be talking about this a little bit later on with Siobhan Callahan, who's an amazing actor and writer and also Pollyanna McIntosh. She's an actor, writer and director. People will know Pollyanna as the scavenger character in The Walking Dead. I am so, so excited to have her on the programme. But the two of them are working together on a film called Quicksand, which we're going to be chatting about. But they're going to shed light on the strikes, OK, because the strikes, the actors strike and the writers strike in Hollywood has caused a little bit of disruption. You know, the, the stars walked out of Oppenheimer in solidarity with them. So what, uh, one of the main issues around the, the strike is this idea of streaming. You know, we're all watching stuff from home, things that go straight to streaming as well. In terms of revenue, how does that impact? It impacts on the streaming giants and all the executives, but it's really trickling down to the people who are acting in the movies and writing these films. Also, the use of AI as well. You know, this, you know, huge boost in AI what's that going to mean for actors whose likeness will show up on the screen using AI so we're going to be chatting about this with the ladies a little bit later on but you know it's sort of you got this double sided thing going on in Hollywood this huge weekend for the studios and the cinemas which needed it and then the strike that's ongoing as well so it's an interesting time for the movie world there's the chorus runaway now it's probably the most dreaded of all exercises and there's some personal trainers that absolutely love throwing this into a workout. I'm looking at you, Joe Wicks. He loves these. It's the dreaded burpee. Now, I can't even do one, but one drawhead man is going to complete a thousand. Yeah. Why would he want to do that? Well, he's going to help charity in the process. We're going to be chatting to Paul Kieran about his burpee marathon. He's from Drawhead. He's going to join us next. The 11 to 1 show. For many of us, the burpee is the most dreaded of all exercises, but one drawhead a man and his friends hope to complete as many as a thousand of these squat thrust jump exercises in a couple of hours. Now, why would anyone want to put themselves through a burpee marathon? Well, for charity, of course. They are hoping to raise much needed funds for the new Treated Lodge Alzheimer's Daycare Centre. Joining me now to tell us more is the man hoping to complete the burpee marathon, Paul Kieran's. He's on the line. Paul, how are you getting on? 
How you doing? How's things? I'm good, I'm good. Now, burpees are probably the most loathed of all exercises. Why on earth would you want to do, I can't even do one, never mind a thousand. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, look, you know, that's, that's probably the hardest exercise of them all. But um, hopefully hopefully we get to hit a thousand on the day. And um, it's for a good cause, so, so why not jump into it? Why not jump into it indeed? Was it just that the burpee is the most challenging thing that you could think of to come up with for, for, for a charity event or where did the idea come from? Yeah, it's pretty much, yeah. That's, it, as I said, it's the hardest of them all. I, I've done a few others before and this one this one is, is probably the toughest of the lot. Yeah. Uh, that's why that was chosen. Yeah, because like, you know, I want to die after I do about two of them. But how do you do this properly now? Because I can only get as far as sort of the squat bit before the jump. Right. How do you do it? How do you actually do it? So you have to make sure that your chest hits the floor. So the idea is to jump down kind of in the push-up position, mm-hmm. chest touch to the floor, straight back up into the squat position and then jump into the air. So yes. I do that a thousand times, probably over two, two and a half hours maybe. It depends. Okay, so two and a half hours. Like that to me does not seem actually that long to try and get a thousand in. <laughs> Tell us about the training for this because, you know, a lot of training involved, I'd imagine. Yeah, the training, oh, the training is probably going to be worse than the actual <laughs> thing because, um, you know, you're training, you could be by yourself or, you know, there's not going to be many people around when you're training and, um, you know, you're doing a few hundred, five hundred, six hundred at a time and it's just, oh, it's tough. It is tough. Where do you feel it the most now? The legs or the backside? Uh, probably the back. Yeah. Probably the back and then a day later, the legs and then a day after the arms. <laughs> you feel it everywhere. You do feel it everywhere. You yeah, do. Yeah. And, and you mentioned you've done other challenges in the past, Paul. You're like one of these guys that's sort of a doer. You like to do these things to raise funds for, for good causes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, last year I did um, a survival challenge in the mountains and then year before that, I did two. The year before that, for Trader Lodge, um, I did a, or me and a few friends did a thousand push-ups in an hour. And then I did the 70 kilometres in 48 hours. Oh, wowzers. That is some, some yeah. challenge to complete. Yeah. So you must be a bit of a fitness fanatic then. Is this sort of, did you get your buzz kind of from exercise? Oh, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Great for the head, isn't it? I love it. It's brilliant. Can't do one better. Yeah. <laughs> and tell us about the survival challenge now. That sounds like something I would absolutely run away for a mile oh, from. It was actually it was actually grand. It was easy enough. It was just go up into the mountains um, with just rations of food and, and you, you weren't allowed to tent or anything like that. You just had a sleeping bag and um, it was just 24 hours up there. But I could have done, I could have done three or four days easily. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I, I think you're the northeast spare grills, Paul. Like, no tent, not a few rations, just go up the mountain, no oh, bother God, to be told. <laughs> a piece I of garbage. <laughs> oh, okay, Paul. Okay, now I see what's going on. Yeah, I see yeah. what's going on. As a fellow parent, okay, you would rather go and survive in the wilderness than spend some time with your children. I hear you. Yeah. I'm all bored with that. I'm absolutely on board with that. So you are taking on this challenge to support the um Trade a Lodge in Alzheimer's Daycare Centre here in the town which is a brilliant new facility to have here and you have a personal co- connection to this don't you? Yes, yes um, the, the, the good people at Trade a Lodge 
helped my family along the way, helped my mother. My mother suffered with Alzheimer's dementia and a couple of other family members as well. So um, it's a great daycare centre um, they have down there and they're hoping to to um, get a garden along along the side of it, along the back of it as well. So hopefully much needed funds go towards that to make people just a bit more comfortable. Yeah. It's gorgeous. I've I've been down to it uh, there recently. It's absolutely gorgeous facility and much needed. And it was long overdue. Like there was a lot of money raised going towards that. So that's fantastic. So sorry to hear that you lost your mother. It must have been so tough as well for you and the family. Did did she live with the condition for some time, Paul? Um. Yeah. Well, she kind of uh, ten years. Okay. Ten years, I'd say, uh, when she first started there with her. Um. Yeah, and then it just got worse and worse over time and through COVID it kind of turned drastically with um, um, the, just the everything going. The lock-ins you know, and everything. Lock-ins, no big good visit and uh, our structure went out the window and I think it all just got worse from there. Okay, and uh, how did you all cope with the challenges? Because you know, you're like it's so hard, it's so tough on the family as well. Because like there's good days I know, and there's there's bad days with this. Yeah, like, in fairness, my father kind of held it down majority of the time. He was mm. the kind of he looked after day in day out, you know, every second of the day really. And um, we we tried our best as much as we could, but like. Yeah. Um, eventually in the end she had to go into a home and, and um, that kind of kind of beginning to the end kind of way of it and um, the, uh, you know that's just the way it goes unfortunately uh, this the longer boy as they say the, the longer boy you've hit the nail in the head absolutely and like fair play to your father because I've seen so many husbands like that and spouses kind of take care of of their husband or wife during this and, and it's yeah. just it's immense what they do it really yeah. is immense what they, what they do the care and devotion that they have for them you know so has your personal experience then influenced your approach to the challenge like it, it, does it help keeping mom in your mind as as a motivator yeah 100% yeah she, she would be my main motivation for this, as most things, to be honest. And um, always, always have her in the back of my head for everything and anything, really. Because she would have been the cheerleader for you, trait that all the different challenges. What did she make of some, some of the challenges that you were up to over the years? Um, yeah, no, I thought she wasn't really. It's, it's kind of been on that long now mm. that she she wouldn't have known much about any of it. Uh, okay, okay. Um, so um, well, she was. She just usually just uh, made fun of me through uh, the years. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. Uh, nickname. She nicknamed me the Scourge for a reason. So <laughs> that's a real drawheaded thing as well. Did she say? Did she say it with a great drawheaded accent? The Scourge. Oh, yeah. As soon as I walk in the door. Here's, here's the scourge coming oh I love it so you're going to keep that energy going and no doubt she'd be so so proud of you doing something like this in, in her honour uh, tell me about the day itself because uh, it's going to be happening this Saturday so it's fast approaching you have managed have you roped in a couple of friends to do this with you as well yeah a few friends thankfully uh, are going to have me along the way um, from Trader Boxing Club and from Gym Plus Um a few friends are going to jump in and some of them are going to go for the thousand fair play oh, to them. Fair play fair play to them. them. Um, yeah. And like, as soon as I said to them, they were all for it. Yeah, we'll do it. Oh, I listen. Even, 
not even uh, a breath was taken. So ah, oh, fantastic! So you need the so mates there. To have. Yeah, totally. It's going to be so much nicer to have the, to the, have the lads there with you doing this. And you have an I Donate page, which is going really well. You already surpassed your initial target, which is really encouraging. Yeah, yeah, I Donate. Um, it, it's grand. It's up over, I think, 550 now, maybe. Yeah. Um, and the target was 500 in the beginning. And there's, there's people donating kind of cash too, as in yeah. a lot of cards from... Um, I got a lot of cards from Trader Lodge as well, so a lot of people donating through that. That's fantastic so, uh, to see, yeah, because it's not no. just, yeah, through the online, people will show up on the day as well and probably hand you a few, Bob. So I've no date you're going to, you know, I'd say you'll definitely reach the thousand, will you? That's the plan. I don't think, I don't think, um, there's no other way. I think I, uh, it has to be done. It's gonna, I'm going to reach you, rather. I might have to be carried with the car afterwards. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, has the hands up to help me out with that part, you know. And <laughs> he'll have to, he'll have to bathe in the Epsom salts then for the rest of the yeah. day, Paul. <laughs> yeah, carried up into the back. <laughs> uh, well, listen, I'm wishing you the very best of luck with this. It's such a great idea for such a worthy cause. Thank you so much, Paul, for joining me today. No problem. Thanks very much for having me. Thanks a million, Paul Kieran's. Can he do it? Of course he can. He's determined. He's going to do a thousand burpees and it's all in aid of the Trader Lodge and in honour of his beloved mum's memory. It's going to happen July 29th. That's this Saturday besides Sports Direct on the M1 Retail Park in Drada. So if in the area, definitely should lend some support to the guys and you can check it out. idonate.ie forward slash fundraiser forward slash Paul Kieran's. I will put the direct link up though on our social media a little bit later on. The 11 to 1 show. Just check the email there. I did actually get my code for Coldplay. So if people have entered for that, you might want to check it out. It's exciting stuff. Back to the music now. Here's the Bee Gees on LMFM's 11 to 1. You win again. There's BGs, you win again. Now it is time to go back in time and today we're going back to 2019 and global warming. LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Senator Windows products will help you create a secure, comfortable, energy efficient home you're proud of. Call 0818 On this day in 2019, global warming is the fastest in 2000 years and scientific consensus is that humans are the cause and that was 99% according to three major reports published in journals Nature and Nature Geoscience. Still a huge, huge issue ongoing. And today is Tequila Day. Yeah. So when making tequila, uh, it was from the hearts of the agave plant. Uh, they're removed, cooked and ground and fermented from anywhere from a few months to three years. Like wine, the type of soil the plant has grown in can impact the taste of the final product. So today is a day to celebrate everything to do with the classic drink. Enjoyed straight if you're brave or in a tasty cocktail. LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Creating the perfect home is a journey. Let us guide you. Visit our Drogheda, Dundalk and new Navin showrooms. Discover more at senatorwindows.ie.
There's Westlife with Fool again. News at 12 is approaching, but still to come, we are going to be chatting to actor, writer, director Pollyanna McIntosh and writer and actor Siobhan Callaghan. Their film Quicksand is screening at the Boyne Valley International Film Festival, but they're going to be discussing that film and the ongoing Screen Actors Guild and Writers Guild of America strikes that are happening in Hollywood and... The happiest employees have been revealed according to a new survey. That's all to come. The 11 to 1 show. Ireland's happiest employees revealed in a new survey. Going to give you the details of that after Harry Styles. On air online on your smart speaker, this is LMFM. That was Harry Styles with Adore You. I'm Sinead Brazzle. How are you getting on? 86 Now, Ireland's happiest employees have been revealed. This is according to a new survey. The job that keeps stress levels low and enjoyment high with a whopping 90% of people feeling amazingly good. They are Garden centre staff. Yeah, apparently garden centre workers are Ireland's happiest employees. Only 2%, 2% of them only suffer from stress. 90% feel amazingly good. Meanwhile, restaurant staff came second. I would have thought that was quite a stressful job, with 83% of them enjoying their roles. So people working in bars, beauticians and gyms also scored really high on enjoyment levels. However... Pharmacy workers are reportedly the most unhappy with 29% saying they're frustrated or stressed at work. I have not yet have I met an unhappy pharmacist. They're always so happy and helpful. Maybe behind the scenes when you leave, they're kind of more stressed out, obviously. But uh, yeah, they're always so friendly and courteous anytime I go into a pharmacy. But apparently they are the most unhappy. So people working in garden centres they're not stressed they're 90% 90% is a huge amount feeling amazingly good amazingly good what's the secret what is the secret why is it so you know chill working in a garden centre there's no stress at all what about people that try and do DIY you're dealing with them maybe they're stressed all the time but you're not I love that so there you go garden centre if you're in a job now and you're just going you know what um, that's it I've had a Monday grim of a day. I've got stressed up to me eyeballs here. This is not for me anymore. Well, maybe you should swap. A career change is in order because garden centre workers are the least stressed out of all of us. Fantastic. Maybe it's out being outside as well. Does that have a part of it? You know, you're outside sort of working too. I know it's rainy and stuff in Ireland, but you know, there's something about being outside as well. You know, not stuck in an office all the time. Maybe is that the key? If you work in a garden centre and you're listening, let me know. Why are you so chill, loving your life in garden centres? 86 658 Now getting to some celebrity news. The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. Hi, I'm Crossy. Killian Murphy has talked about getting prepared to play Robert Oppenheimer in the movie Oppenheimer. Killian has been praised for his acting not only by his fans but by his co-stars too. The movie was released on Friday alongside Barbie. Here's what Killian had to say. The approach I always take is do as much research as you possibly can and there's so much out there about Oppenheimer and the Manhattan Project. There's, there's so much archival footage out there you can access and you know obviously I read the book 
But for me, the most important resource was the script. You know, that's what I really worked on. And I had six months from when Chris called me unexpectedly <laughs> and they, uh, to, to when we started shooting to work on it. There was many scenes in the film, like with Robert and with Emily and with Matt, like they were just kind of electric. You could kind of feel it fizzing. David and Victoria Beckham were spotted singing the Spice Girls after their football club's victory. The former England captain co-owns Inter Miami, who won at the weekend thanks to a great free kick from the new signing, Lionel Messi. The Beckhams then treated their friends to a rendition of the girl group's 1996 hit, Say You'll Be There. Niall Horan has revealed his top festival lineup. Niall is currently on the festival circuit around the world. He'll also be performing at Electric Picnic in September. Here's his top acts. The Eagles would headline it. Fleetwood Mac on another stage at the same level of headline. Oasis, Taylor Swift, and I'd go on before Taylor. That's The Buzz. I'm Crossy. The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. Oh, not a bad festival lineup there from Niall Horan. Wouldn't have put him down for an Eagles fan, but that's really interesting. Back to the music now here. It's Huey Lewis on the news. The power of love on LMFM's 11 to 1. Power of Love from the Back to the Future movie, one of my favourite movies of all time and I do love talking about movies on this show and we're going to be talking about a very specific, very brilliant movie that is going to be screened at the Boyne Valley International Film Festival next month. As well as that, we're going to be having a chat about the strikes that have rocked Hollywood at the moment. So Hollywood actors have joined the writers on the picket line. They're two unions striking simultaneously for the first time in 63 years. Productions have ground to a halt. What impact does this have? Why are they striking? We're going to be chatting about this with writer and actor Siobhan Callahan and also director, writer and actor Pollyanna McIntosh. They're going to join us next. The 11 to 1 show. Hollywood actors have joined writers on the picket line as their two unions strike simultaneously for the first time in 63 years. So actors are walking off sets and out of movie theatres where premieres of their movies are being screened and writers haven't been working for months. At the centre of it all are two types of technology that have had a major impact on the way content is made, AI and streaming. So as the entertainment industry finds itself at this crucial juncture, we're going to discuss this topic that has been making headlines. Joining me now to discuss this are writer and actor Siobhan Callahan and actor-writer-director Pollyanna McIntosh whose film Quicksand has received great reviews at the Galway Film Fla and it has been officially selected to screen here in Drogheda as part of the Boyne Valley International Film Festival. Ladies, you're very welcome to 11 to 1. How are you? Thank you so much. Thank you. It's great to have you both on the show and you know I watched the movie last night and was just blown away by this and I'm really looking forward to chatting to you about this but before we discuss the movie in detail right for those of us looking in on these historic strikes that are happening in Hollywood right now can you tell us why they're happening first of all and why it's important that the writers and actors down tools and strike? Yeah I think if you look at the amount that the heads of studios are making compared to those who are working for them and creating the content, the writers particularly, it's a really unfair pay gap going on. And I think when people think of writers and actors, they think of famous people. Mm. But there's a lot of people working that, you know, are not earning that kind of money, but just could see a few more residuals, especially. Because when something's shown on TV or in cinemas, you know, you get residuals from your work. But when it's on streaming, the streaming sites are refusing to show their numbers and what they're actually earning from these from their product. Um 
and so we don't get residuals on them. Okay. So, you know, it's a really unfair situation. Yes, very unfair, very unfair. And for the likes of yourself, Pollyanna, because you would have worked quite a bit in LA and uh, people will know you from Vikings, from The Walking Dead, from huge, huge productions and also indie productions as well. So for the likes of somebody yourself, like yourself who, say, was working predominantly in the States, what sort of an impact would this have had, say, for you if you had still been over there? Massive. I mean, you know, you can't, you can't work, you can't audition, you can't um, do anything. But that's the point of the strike. It's got to put the wind up them and get them to, you know, open up their numbers and, and also to take action against AI because mm. we don't have a moratorium on it and it's a really dangerous place where your likeness could be taken and used and the studios will want to do whatever costs them the less money for the least money for the greatest profit, you know. Yeah, it is scary. I don't scary. think any of us really want to see a robotic version of actors. You know, you no. want to see humanity, don't you? Yeah, because, you know, even like the, the growth in the AI industry has been just scary, really, because even yeah. I learned the other yeah. day that there's an odd, there's a there's an editing software out there that I can use. Right. So say, for example, if I was pre-recording this interview with you, I said a word wrong or something in the editing, I can edit that out. And also an AI could be me saying the right words like that's yeah. just bringing it in that level as well. No, it's quite yeah. scary, isn't it? It's like our jobs yeah. are all on the line with that. And, and, you know, technology obviously is supposed to help us, but in this case, I think we need a bit more agency and we need a bit more humanity across the board, but especially when we're telling stories. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And Siobhan, what's your take on this, you know, because you're coming from it as well as from a writer-actor perspective? Yeah, um, I mean, very similar. I think Polly um, hit the nail on the head there with her point. Um, I think the other thing to consider as well is the, the writers and um, the issue with AI, you know, there's a lot of talk at the moment of um, these companies, production companies, um, getting AI to essentially write a script and yes. then have the writers come in and kind of tweak it at the end, you know. So obviously they're paid a lot less money and what they're doing is just imbuing it with kind of humanity and, and creativity that a robot essentially can't have at the moment. Um, so I think that's really troubling for a lot of writers and it's, it's kind of a scary time to be in, you know, because they will they will do it, you know. They'll, they'll do the thing that's going to cost them the least amount of money, so... Um, yeah, yeah. And, and again it, it's instantaneous isn't it you know you can put in you know like I could be on obsolete ladies you know what I mean like my boss might decide to you know create something that uh, turns out a script and just rabbits on here for a little while and it could be the same thing I don't know but you know we see stars of, of Oppenheimer walking out of the premiere for a movie and this is obviously in solidarity to the strike uh, but they're not promoting their own movies so Will this affect ticket sales? Because judging kind of what happened over the weekend with Barbie and Oppenheimer, it might be creating more of a buzz, is it? I think yeah. it's certainly getting it in the news, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I think, think it's yeah. so much of the promotion is down to the actors coming and trotting out and wearing the dresses and doing all this, this stuff. But, you know, when I go to see a movie, I want to see characters. So for me, it doesn't really change my perspective on the film so much, you know. And I think we've needed some really good movies I think mm. we can for film, um, but you know, with SAG, we're we're we just can't do that stuff. Otherwise, what's the point? You know, yeah, they're getting us for free doing promotion as well as everything else. Then, oh, this then is the whole the, thing's lost. This is the other thing. This is the other thing, Siobhan, Sorry, you were going to come in there with something. 
Oh, I was just going to say, I think that we'll see a real fallout from this down the line, actually. You know, this, it almost feels like Barbie and Oppenheimer and all of this coming out at the moment feels like this like celebration of film with mm. fear behind it that for a long time we might not be seeing anything um, of that like uh, scale and level, you know, because of all of the strikes. So I think that like obviously the writers and the actors and everyone involved in the industry, you know, you can't forget the crew and even florists and caterers who are involved in um, premieres and all of that kind of crap. They're all suffering right now, but I think the public will really feel it down the line when, you know, your favourite series isn't being shown next yeah. year. And, um, there, there won't be as much film coming out and like all of that crap, you know. So I think it, it'll be a, there'll be longevity in this and the impact will happen periodically over a long period of time. Yeah, because, you know, for the likes of yourselves then promoting a movie at a film festival here in Ireland, things that's, that's fine. But what about if you want to screen, say, abroad now in, in film festivals for the future? Well, with quicksand, because it was done in Ireland and it wasn't done under SAG rules, and because it's a short, which isn't a really a money-making venture, more of a passion project for, you know, for making a film itself and for exploring a script. And um, this is quite a family affair, actually. Mm. So it's, it doesn't affect us, per se. But, for instance, we would have been pitching this as a TV show to continue, you know, to do... You've seen the film, so to do episodics of each moment of her day and each each time. I was thinking that as I was watching this. It's so a TV series. Yes, it really is. Off that pitch until this is all over. Okay, okay. We go in with, you know, with it after when when it's done. Yes, okay. So, okay, I see what you're talking about now, Siobhan, as well with the the, the ramifications for this. Absolutely. Now, let me talk about this because I watched this haunting piece of work last night. It takes on the issue of sex addiction and boldly explores this. And I love that it's from the female perspective because you don't see much of this on screen. I mean, when I think about movies that have explored this, you know, you've got Michael Fassbender's Shame. You've also got um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's Don John uh, that I kind of come to mind immediately. But you don't see it from the female perspective was that something that was very important to you was that sort of where the kind of genesis of the idea was coming from yeah definitely I think um it it started off as an idea of like I was interested in the idea of escapism which Mm. kind of then um turned to addiction because I think a lot of people you know who are addicts use it to escape um and as I was writing it, like I, I, I thought about sex addiction and just something that hasn't been explored a huge amount from the female perspective. And it just was really interesting to me to look at it that way and to break down bound, or borders and to just, yes, yeah, to, to see how, how it fits the people, how people will watch something that's messy and female and raw. Um, and yeah, we, we ended up getting a lovely response in Galway. So I was, I was glad to do it. And I had an amazing team behind me and Pollyanna was just a perfect director. So yeah, uh, yeah, and uh, you're right. Messy and raw, and all of that, absolutely. And was it important as well that this be an LGBTQ story? Um, I think uh, yes, and in a similar vein to addiction, I thought that it was important. Um, it's important to you know have a lot of uh, to see more LGBTQ plus relationships on mm-hmm. screen, but particularly ones that are messy because I think there's a tendency to kind of romanticise um, uh, people who are in marginalised groups. You know, um, I think people maybe are afraid of showing what it's really like. You know, to, they're, they're afraid of offending or afraid yeah. of um, putting a lens on something that isn't celebratory of the marginalised groups. And I completely understand where that's coming from. But for me, it was important to have uh, a messy relationship, a real relationship. Um, and of course, they exist, you know, but it was just 
uh, another version of it. So yeah, and it, and it really is because you play Sal, uh, the the one of the 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 couple and the sort of central central character. Then Pollyanna is is playing um, her partner who is pregnant. I mean, talk about so this is kind of what the, the, what you're talking about with the messiness. So give us an idea of the plot then, a quick sound. Polly, do you want to talk about it? Or? Sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, so, so Sally Lawless is a teacher and outwardly seems to have it all together. She's got a long-term love partner who's pregnant. They've been working on this for a while and everything seems well. But Sally is a mess inside and is numbing herself out by shagging everything that moves, which consequently means that she finds herself in hot water um, I won't give away the spoiler. No, don't, but, don't. Uh, yeah, so she's trying to fix her problem, get to work, not get distracted, um, not numb out, and keep her relationship going. And it's all set over one day. Yes. And um, the twists and turns just keep dragging her around by the hair. And, oh, uh, yes. And they... you've become, I hope, very invested in this, the core relationship, and uh, you want it to work out, but Sally keeps sort of self-harming essentially with our addiction. Yeah, she and like that's the thing as well that I think I was chatting to you about this earlier on, Siobhan, that this idea of, you know, Polly being this, she's not, you know, just kind of, she's not purely sympathetic. Like at times you do sympathise with her and then, the, you know, at other times she's quite dark as well and she goes into this darkness quite willingly, it seems as well. So what drew you to the script, Pollyanna? And also, I know that you guys, did you guys meet on, on, a, on the Viking set or how did you come to, yeah. to know each other? Yeah, exactly. So, so Siobhan was living in Dunleary and I was put in Dorky. So we were 10 minutes away from each other and Shiv had a lot of auditions going on during shooting. We weren't in scenes together. Um, she was working alongside Coyote Akinyemi a lot, who ended up being in Quicksand as well. They were playing partners in that. And then she, it turns out she was a writer. And from having already seen her acting in the auditions, I was like, oh, she's very good. You know, she must be working all the time. And she was like, no, I'm not getting that much stuff. And, you know, it's been a bit quiet and I'm really wanting to break through. And I know what that's like because I've been there mm-hmm. a bit older, you know. I just thought, oh, this woman should be seen more. And then she handed me this script that was just absolutely amazing. And I was like, what the hell? It's like a perfectly written script, you know. Um, so I showed her some stuff that I directed and she said she you'd be interested in working on this and I thought yes that's what I wanted to hear because I wanted it to come from her you know yeah yeah absolutely and then um, then we were away to the races away to the races is right and this isn't you know you've you've directed before but this is your first foray into directing a film that you haven't written so what was that experience like? Oh that's a good question yeah I really wanted to honour the writing and I really wanted to keep Shiv involved in the look of it and the costumes and you know the casting and all of that so we worked together in creating the vibe for it and our influences and things and getting our crew together. And then and then there was a point at which Shiv was like, OK, I'm going to step back and be the actor now and go and prepare and get into my dark place. And, um, and she put a lot of faith in me and the crew and, and away we went. And it was just, I think I was checking quite a bit with her that, you know, things were right. But mm. at the same time, I had confidence in my own ability and I felt like I could really see it clearly what she'd you know, envisaged yeah. from the script itself. So it was pretty smooth sailing. Yeah, oh, that's good. And the casting was particularly beautiful the way it came together. We had Philip O'Sullivan, who's, who was in Vikings, who I just met him at, in, up the hills, walking dogs, you know. Oh, I love um, it. <laughs> and it's not often that you get a character come up who's, you know, in the, in their older years and has to do quite a 
quite a daring scene like that. Oh, yeah, because we talk a bit about this actually, because not to give kind of too much away, but Siobhan, this must have been difficult as well for you to mentally prepare as as Pollyanna says, go to the dark place. Mm. The the scene in the bar with this uh, character that Pollyanna is describing there, this older character. What? How do you mentally prepare yourself for something like that? Um, so Philip, we were absolutely blessed with Philip. I'd also never met him before and Polly introduced me to him and he was just, from the moment I met him, exuded warmth and enthusiasm and was, I felt really, really safe around him and then safe around Pollyanna. You know, the whole, mm-hmm. the whole space was set up in a way that it was actually quite easy to, to go into it. And you're also under time constraints and all of this stuff. So you're focused on getting the work done. But I have to say it was surprising afterwards. It was after I shot that scene and I think it was the following day we were shooting the kind of fallout from that scene. Okay. And that's when it, it, that's when it really hit me. That's when the emotional impact of it came through because I guess I had to go back into that space and live it for real, you know. Um, and uh, But again, I was really lucky. I had like a, an incredible team to support me and we had an intimacy coordinator at the other end of the phone to kind of chat to and all of that was really helpful and I can't uh, emphasize enough how important it is that we have intimacy coordinators now yes. um, that are available to actors and directors and actually everyone really on set when you're dealing with triggering issues. Um, yeah, yes, and, uh, absolutely. And, you know, I think a lot of the, the conversation around intimacy coordinators came about from normal people, which is great. Uh, and, and as you say, so important to have on set. I mean, you're talking about Philip there and I'm going, my God, is it the same man that you're talking about? Because he's so horrific in that scene, but brilliant and exactly what you needed him to be in that in that scene. Absolutely. And was there a lot of research into, you know, sex addiction for this? Did you interview people in treatment, that kind of thing, Siobhan? Um, I did a lot of research. I, I, I mean, I read a lot and I watched as much as I could. Um, and I, I have a couple of friends who have dealt with addiction of various mm-hmm. types. One who um, actually is a sex addict as well, or sorry, a recovering sex addict, I should say. Yeah. So I, I had conversations about it with those. But I, I think um, the, the thing with this script is, to be honest, it kind of fell out of me. And then mm-hmm. after I'd written it, that's when I started doing all the research and I was able to kind of layer it and make it um, as close to as people's truth as I possibly could. But of course, everyone's journey with addiction um, is very different and also with trauma and why they get there. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, I did do research, but it was kind of after the fact and it was to to fix the script. Yes, I see what you're saying. Absolutely. And, you know, I think in a way most of us can kind of wrap our heads around a drink or a drug addiction, but there's a whole other layer of shame, isn't there, caught up in in sex addiction, Mm. which I think is really well explored here. I mean, was that something as well that you wanted to really highlight and leave that with the audience? Definitely, yeah. I I think, again, it's about, uh, I wanted to to, um, kind of, give the humanity back to people who are suffering with it Mm -hmm. because I think that's important. I mean, people who are addicted to drugs or alcohol, it's so spoken about that it doesn't become their whole identity when when we speak about these people. But I think with sex addiction, there's so much taboo around it. So I thought it was important to give this character the, the light and the dark and everything in between and to show that, you know, they're more than just their addiction. Um, yeah. yeah, which is done so, so well. It really is. And the movie so well received at Galway Film Fla. I'm thrilled you both are going to be in Drogheda for Boyne Valley International Film Festival. Oh, yeah. I mean, how important is it as well for a short film? As you rightly say, Pollyanna, that's kind of a labour of love project. It's not making money. How important is it for it to be screened at festivals like this? It's really the home of short films, you know, and, and it may get a place on RT or some such later, but 
it's really with the audiences in the cinema that you get the you know that you get the feels and you you feel the audience reacting to it and yeah. people at film festivals are real film lovers so yeah. you know just great to hear their opinion and to see that they get something from it oh definitely and it's encouraging isn't it just encouraging very encouraging yeah as yeah. well when we watch it in Galway you know because we've been so closely entwined with this film for so long you kind of forget that there's funny bits in it yes and having an audience there kind of breathing through the film with you or at times kind of not breathing you know <laughs> but mostly the laughter was just a, a joy it was a gift yeah. to be able to experience that so we're really looking forward to um, bringing it around as as much as we can and to as many festivals and this is a great one for Eric and Tom. Oh, it really is. It really is. Uh, please say you're going to work together again, are you? Oh, I oh yeah. So, yeah. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> uh, brilliant. Oh, well, look, I, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. Really looking forward to meeting you both in person when you come to draw it. It really is a fantastic piece uh, that you've oh, created there. I'm looking forward to meeting people there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it'd be lovely. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a great festival. It really, really is. But listen, for now, thank you both so, so much for joining me today. Thank you so much. All the best. Thank you so much. Bye, 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 Siobhan Callahan there and Pollyanna McIntosh. Quicksand is the name of the movie. Now, Boyne Valley International Film Festival next month. Get your tickets. They are selling quickly. The 11th till the 13th of August. All the details that you need are on drihid.com. The 11 to 1 show. Dermot Kennedy, kiss me on LMFM's 11 to 1. Now, uh, if you missed this a little earlier on, I have a nice competition for you today. This Thursday in Oldbridge House, just off the Drogheda Slane Road, there is a wonderful evening of art and performance happening. It's hosted by Solstice Art Centre. Show starts at 7pm and it is celebrating artist Neve McCann's project Someone Decides Hawk or Dove with music by Irla O'Leonard from The Gloaming. And I have two tickets to give away for this intriguing evening. All you have to do is WhatsApp or text me the word solstice followed by your details to 086-1800-658 and you could be going along. It's going to be a really, really different sort of entertainment as well and in the stunning location of Oldbridge House. Solsticeartcentre.ie if you want to find out more information about the night. We're going to be picking a winner very, very shortly. So solstice followed by your details to 086-1800-658. LMFM Job Search with Local Heroes backed by Gosh Energy replace your old inefficient gas boiler with Local Heroes visit localheroes.ie Me, the local sports partnership are recruiting an office administrator for one year maternity cover this position is aligned to local authority grade 4 the candidate must have a recognised appropriate third level qualification and be proficient in Microsoft Office if you'd like to apply you can email mary.murphy at meadcoco.ie the full job description is available to view on the job section on lmfm.ie. LMFM Job Search with Local Heroes, backed by Gosh Energy. For gas boilers, heat pumps and electric vehicle charge point installation, visit localheroes.ie. There's Pink, What About Us? We've got music from the script on the way and a winner for our competition. The 11 to 1 show.
Enhance your home with furnishings from Caffrey's Furniture. There's the script for the first time tomorrow on the show. I'm going to be meeting the lady behind pre-loved occasion wear. She's taking sustainable style to a new level. That is our lot on the show for today. Thank you so much for your company. Enjoy the rest of your Monday and I'll chat to you tomorrow. The 11 to 1 show. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 